morning and Merry Christmas to each of you. I'm uh, doing a little re-record on this. Um, forgot to turn my mic on right at the first of our service this morning. If you missed our church service this morning, man, you missed a move of the Holy Spirit. The worship was awesome. Uh, there were some things spoken that I won't be able to repeat because it was <laughs> it was just in the moment of the Spirit moving in our service. So um, just, just take that for what it's worth. You missed it this morning. I do want to, the, the message that I have titled this morning is, It's Christmas Time. Obviously, this is the day after Christmas, and um, we're still in that Christmas season. So I want to start this message before I get into my actual sermon with reading uh, a poem that God gave me. I actually wrote it back on the 17th, but God told me I couldn't share it. So I actually shared it yesterday. Some of you that follow the podcast will recognize it from yesterday. Um, I did share it yesterday morning at, on Christmas Day. But I want to start this message today with the same poem, and it's titled, Reason for the Season. Isaiah prophesied, telling of a coming king. He spoke of a child whom from a virgin birth would bring, the savior of a world that had strayed far from the path. Without this baby born unto us, no hope be found, only God's wrath. We celebrate his birth each year as Christmas Day draws near, Decorations and gifts and joy it brings, the sounds of bells ring clear. Lost in the holiday spirit, over time as many can't see, the true reason for the season seemingly swept under the tree. So this season that approaches causing all the fuss, let's take time to refocus the truth as Christmas is really all about us. Isaiah 9 verse 6-7 foretells the story prophesied so long ago, speaking of Christ's coming long before anyone was in the know. For to us a child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end to the increase of his government and of peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Luke chapter 2 verse 7-14 lays out the moment of truth to behold, the story of how the first to celebrate as Christmas did unfold. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We celebrate Christmas with everything shiny and bright. Seems we sometimes forget about our Savior's true earthly plight. Yes, the season represents Jesus' birthday, of course. But I want you to realize the true reason and the source. What if I told you in the midst of this rambling rhyme that Christmas is really all about us 
and not just during this time. Before you jump to conclusions or question my sanity intact, let me explain my ponderings in which you too will find fact. Yes, Christmas marks the birth of Jesus our King, but it, if it wasn't for us, then there would be no reason his birth bring. Jesus was born into this lost world only one purpose in sight, to provide each one of us a path out of darkness to light. So in this time of hustle and bustle and buzzing around like a bee, take the time to be thankful because it was through Jesus we are free. Yes, Jesus is the true reason for the Christmas season and fuss, but the real meaning of Christmas has always been about us. I hope that brings something to you uh, of understanding. Um, I know that it takes some things away from lots of different deals, but to truly understand that Christmas is all about us. We want to get into this message. I want to share with you some things because Christmas time is here. Yes, it's the day after, but we're still celebrating this, this birth of our Savior. And I want to explain some things to you about all of just such. There's so much that comes out of this message, so many things that come from the, the power of the message that I'm about to share with you, so many treasures and nuggets that we overlook at times in, in, the, in the, the Word of God and what He brings to us uh, and how He brings it to us. I'm going to talk a little bit about um, this, this Christmas time, the Christmas story, the manger, what Christmas is all about. But I want to share with you one little nugget that you might not see. And I actually didn't share this at the church, so maybe the church folk will have to listen to this again too. We talk about the imagery that we see in the Christmas nativity is a barn, um, a wooden manger, the critters, you know, the, the things that we recognize today about a, about a modern-day barn. Actually, historically, that's not the case. Um, historically, and this is not recorded in Scripture, so, um, but historians will actually show that, that, that the Bible only describes that Jesus was born in a manger. It really doesn't say he was put in a barn. He was born in a manger. At that time frame, they actually used caves in the hillside. Uh, that's where their, that's, was their barns, basically. Uh, they would fence off or gate off a, a cave or a, a hewn out place in the wall of a, of a, of a, of a, a hillside. And that was where the manger was. And I'm going to talk about the manger in this sermon that you have today. There's also some, some nuggets of truth concerning the hillside where the shepherds were. Uh, there's a, a place called Mig, Migdal Eder. Migdal Eder. Um, I don't know how to pronounce that perfectly, but it's Migdal Eder. And it was actually a, a, a tower and a, and a place where the, the shepherds would stay. And that tower was like a lookout, like an observation tower, where they could look out over the flocks and keep their eye on the flocks where those sacrificial lambs came from. And I'll share some more about that in there. So with that, I'm going to jump into this message uh, that we recorded during service this morning. Uh, basically, I'm just filling some time up right now because I didn't get my button pushed right, so I missed all this first part. Know this, Christmas time is here. And it's unto us a child has been born, and it's our Savior, Jesus Christ the King. So as we get into this message this morning, I pray blessing over each of you. A new year's coming. There's going to be lots of things to plan for. 
I'm going to challenge you at the end of this message to become who God has called you to be. Amen. May God bless you guys. Merry Christmas from Rhonda and I, from, from all that we serve and all who serve with us, support us. We love you and we thank you for everything that you give to us. Now I'm going to jump in live on this message uh, that was Cimarron Worship Center in Perkins this morning um, and just pray that it blesses you and that it messes you up. That's, that's my ultimate goal in my sermons is I want God to mess you up in the process, that you'll never be the same again, that when you, when you finish this message today, that it challenges you to bring about some form of life change. Amen. We love you guys. God bless you. And we will join in in just a few seconds on the live feed from Cimarron Worship Center in Perkins, Oklahoma this morning. God bless you guys. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon. You know, um, God drops those things in me from time to time. And Rhonda often asks me, you know, how do you do that? I have no idea. I just write. Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's hits me in the head, and sometimes I share them with others so that it hits them in the head. So the real reason for Christmas, that, that we celebrate his birth, but the actual meaning of Christmas is all about us. Because if it wasn't for us, there wouldn't have even been a Christmas. God would have never had to give up his son to die such a brutal death on the cross. So Christmas time is here. And I, and I know, we all know a lot of the scripture. It's real common. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12. And, and, and I'm going to, again, I like to read this out of the, the Amplified because of how it kind of elaborates it. We don't have that on the computer. So this will be, I think, in the New King James as she set it up maybe. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. And it says, In the same region there were shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For this day in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. And this will be a sign for you, by which you will recognize him, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger." <laughs> Y'all know what that is? That is the manger. Now, all of our imagery that we've been taught throughout pretty much our life is this. Right? But I want to share with you something about this manger. You notice its depth, and it's made out of rock. In, in ancient times, this was what a manger would have been like. I want to share with some things about you that you might not know about this manger that Jesus was laid in. Of course, manger, mangers are animal feeding troughs. We know that. But in ancient Israel, they were made of stone. Not what you would see in a modern nativity scene. Not comfortable, but great for protection. That's why those who were experts in this matter, the priests, would put their newborn lambs in this type of a manger for protection. But not just any lamb. This is, this is something that's so awesome. It's not just any lamb. The unblemished, perfect lambs that were used to sacrifice for sin. 
And Bethlehem was famous for their unblemished lambs used for the sacrifice. But they had to, they had to be perfect. So they would wrap them tightly in cloth and they'd lay them in a manger to keep them safe and to keep them from bumping around and getting wounded. Not all the lambs, just the ones that they thought were without blemish and suitable for the blood sacrifices that took place twice a day. That's a lot of lambs. Twice a day. And these sacrifices were to cover sin. Again, we're, we're dating back to pre-Jesus, right? So here we go. These were the lambs that they were famous for. The priests wanted to keep the lambs without bumps and bruises, so they'd wrap them up tightly. They'd swaddle them, wrapping them in cloth, like precious and terribly fragile bottles, and they'd lay them in a manger. Manger is only mentioned in one account of Jesus' birth, and it's in Luke. And it makes sense because there's only a small group of people who would understand its significance, and they are the ones who hear the words, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Shepherds. The shepherds of the sacrificial flock. These weren't just some random guys out punching sheep. Do they punch sheep? Like they punch cows? <laughs> they weren't just some random farmer out here handling his flock. These were guys that, that specifically shepherded the, the flocks around Bethlehem that these lambs came from. So they understood all of these things being spoken to them by this angel. Again, it said, this will be a sign to you, the angel said, and it was. It wouldn't have been a sign to many, but to them, most definitely, and the sign was staggering to them. See, this is exactly why the, the, the only time manger is mentioned in Jesus' birth story is to the shepherds. Because they're really kind of the only ones who would have really understood the significance being spoken. They knew that the cloth... And they knew what the manger meant. This baby would be the perfect lamb of God, the Messiah, who would sacrifice his life for the sins of the whole world. He wasn't just a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. He was God, perfect, sinless, and holy, humbling himself to becoming the perfect sacrifice to reconcile us back to himself. The long-expected king wasn't headed to a palace. No, this was going to be different. He was destined to be sacrificed. When you really start tying some of these things together, when you really think about how, how significantly intricate the Word of God can be, this is the story that we're being told. It wasn't just about, hey, there's a baby laying in a manger. You know, and all the animals came, you know, and all, all these shepherds came, and, you know, then three kings came, and, that's a whole other story about those guys. See, there was so much significance. This is just a small piece of it. They knew where the Messiah was born, but they also knew where he was headed. They understood what this meant. To, to, to many of us, I think we still had not figured it out. Yeah, okay, Jesus born a manger, you know. It's cool. It's a, it's a cool Christmas theme, right? I mean, we see the nativity sets all over the place, and we see the little barn, and there's always, you know, some horses with sacks tied on to make them look like camels, you know, because <laughs> we don't have any camels. But, but we, we see this imagery, but we fail sometimes to really get a grip on what Jesus was actually doing and the significance of how it came about. That this 
I mean, my whole life, I never really thought about, well, it's a baby. What do they do with the baby at the nursery, at the hospital? They wrap them up. They swaddle them for their protection to keep them from being bumped or bruised. Who knew that it had such a powerful significance? I, I never understood it until way later in life. They knew that this was the Messiah, and they knew where he was headed. I love what happens when the angels begin to sing. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. God, I almost had you play that today, and I thought, well, he wouldn't believe me if I asked him to play a Christmas song. <laughs> But you think, you think about this. Here these angels in heaven, they begin to, to just burst out in worship over the birth of the Son of God because it was going to become God and us reconciled through, through this baby's life. The perfect lamb is why we celebrate Christmas. But what is Christmas really all about? I love Charlie Brown's theme, and I did that on the, my live feed last week before I came here. You know, and, and you think about the setup to this story was what I preached last Sunday about Mary being told she's going to be giving birth. I mean, that's, there's, such a, there's such a story involved in all of that. But we quickly jump to describing Christmas as being all about the birth of Jesus. Most would never argue that point. I brought it up to my grandsons Christmas Eve. So what's Christmas really all about? Well, Jesus' birthday. I mean, because that, you know, it is what we've always been taught. And, and, it's, and there's, not a, there's not an untruth to that. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. <laughs> Got to, caught him away from the computer. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This was prophesied in Isaiah. This is long before the birth of Jesus. And, and here it is, unto us a child is born. The prophecy coming forth. But what if I told you that all of that is really not what Christmas is all about? I have had some argument. <laughs> First time I ever preached this to a youth group, they're like, what? Uh-uh. What if I told you that Christmas is really all about us? Because without, without us, there would have been no reason for Christmas at all. You see, the only reason Jesus was born through this miraculous virgin birth and placed in that feed trough was because of our sin nature. God sent his son to become the ultimate sacrifice so that we might be saved. John 3.16. Very common, right? For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now I want to point something out. I love pointing this out. Again, because the Bible is full of these, these little treasures, these little things that can be unearthed if we really pay attention. This piece of scripture, it does not matter in whatever version you want to look at this. Any version, pick one, doesn't matter. That one word in there is always plural, believes. It never says, 
For those who believe, those who believed, it is always in a plural form for he or anyone who believes. And if you actually go to the Greek and Hebrew writings, that word doesn't even exist. The word believes doesn't come in the original writings. What does come in that place of believes, it simply states an ongoing event. It's a process word. It's something that's ongoing. So it, it's, it's not just this safety net, right? I mean, it's not buying fire insurance to just say, oh, hey, I believe in God. It's a, it's a process. It's an ongoing event. We're, we're, we're in the midst of a process as we live for Christ. Our, our life is continually moving towards him. We're, we're, we're learning to be more like him. We're learning to live in a crazy world just like he did. You know, everyone's like, well, you know, if Jesus was here today, I don't know, you know. I mean, this world's nuts. You don't think it was nuts in his time? I mean, think about before his time. I mean, he, he talks about it in, in Matthew chapter 24, where he says, So as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. How bad was it in the days of Noah? Well, well apparently it was pretty bad for God to destroy everything, and he's going to wind up doing it again because of the depravity of mankind. The fact that we can't find this sacrifice, that we can't understand that it was for this reason that we celebrate Christmas. The, 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 the delivery of his son on earth as a sacrificial lamb, giving to death. Now, I mean, I've often thought about sacrificing my son a time or two. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's 37 years old now and he's got little boys and I'm, but he thinks the same thing from time to time. But think about this for a minute. Can you imagine? I mean, we go all the way back to the beginnings of time. We go all the way back to Genesis and, and it talks about the making of man. And, and here is, here, and I love this. I mean, I, I kind of see things kind of crazy sometimes, but I see this imagery. You know, I mean, I see a, a beautiful lake, maybe fish jumping. And God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they got their lawn chairs and they're kicked back in the cool, shaded, you know, got their lines set. They're catching fish. And they're discussing life. And it's like, you know what? We need to make man in our image. This, this is a discussion, right? Because it says in Genesis that they made us in their image. And then it goes on to say that God made man in his own image, man, and then he created female as well. So there's an imagery taking place all the way back here, and now you've got God saying, okay, Jesus, this didn't work out too good. We've got problems. You're going to have to be the sacrificial lamb. You're going to become the only way that they're going to find eternity with us through your sacrifice. And, and it wasn't just a matter of sending Jesus down here as a grown man. He had to go through the process. He had to live his life just like us. And he lived it sinless. What an incredible thing. We are the reason for the season. God loved us so much that he gave his only son for us. 
I do, I do believe in the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. I believe in the honoring him through the giving of gifts and that he gave his life for us, the ultimate gift, right? What, what, what better Christmas gift than, than he gave his life for us, that we might have life? I don't want to take away from the view of Christmas as, you know, as a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I, I believe in this. I believe in the celebration. We, we have the little celebration. We give gifts to our kids and our family and how, how cool is this to be able to celebrate? But we always try to put the story in place, as I think most Christians do. You know, the reason for a Christian, for, for Christians to have Christmas. I know there's some argument about the celebration, the commercialism and all that stuff. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's all that. There's a fight goes on over that almost every year. And it's like, you know, the Bible says we're to train them up in the way they should go. So when they're old, they won't depart from it. We need to train them up in the truth, this being a truth. Let me get back to my story. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 14. Then suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, this angelic army, if you will, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, in heaven, and on earth, peace among men. Now, the, the Amplified says something I really want to bring out. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Can I ask you a question this day after Christmas? Are you living a life in which the King of Kings is well pleased? Because that's what he's asking. He's, he's, he's literally saying, and, and, and on earth, peace among those with whom I am well pleased. That's what God's saying to us. So does this mean that if he's not well pleased with us, that we're going to live in peace? No, I don't think so. Look around this world. This world's in chaos. There's no peace. There's no peace to be found in the world. It can only be found through living according to God's word, to pleasing him. That's, that's how we please him, is by living according to his word. Being the best example of Jesus Christ, whom, whom we accepted when we surrendered to him. Whom we, he said to us, pick up your cross, pick it up daily and follow me. Die to you and live for me. Pretty simple rendition of that scripture. It will be peace to all with whom he is well pleased. Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' birth on earth. But the true meaning of Christmas is his sacrifice given for us. How are we living our life today in return to that? I want, I want to share with you today one thing. In, in this thinking about this, that, that Christmas is truly all about us the fact that, that, that God gave his only son for us sacrificial lamb died on a cross wrapped in swaddling clothes when he was born laid in a manger knowing the, the, the history knowing what was coming from the very beginning it wasn't a matter of well you know if, if necessary this was, this was a planned event from the get go 
I mean, Jesus, and I say this often, I love the part where Jesus is in the garden right before he's arrested. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. He's praying. He's praying to God. He's, he, I mean, he knows what's coming. Now think about this. From the moment he had any understanding of life, from that being a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, he knew his destiny. He lived 33 years, I think, right? Knowing his destiny. And then that last few moments before being arrested, we find him praying. And I, I love what he said. God, if this cup could pass from me. <laughs> I mean, if there's any other way. You know, God, if there's any other way, let's try it. But I also love how he ends that prayer. But not my will, yours be done. Can we say that today? God, not my will, but yours be done. What a, what a powerful message. I, I want to challenge you today. This is a day after Christmas. We've got it behind us. We're headed towards a new year. What's it going to be like? Will you just take all of this for granted and continue on with our agenda, with our life, with our way of doing things? Or can we take a moment and say, God, I want to live my life in such a way that you're well pleased. You know, it doesn't require any kind of ritualistic things. You know, you don't even have to repeat a prayer after me. All you have to do is say, God, I surrender. God, I give you my life. I, I'm, I fail. Man, I fail all the time. I, I let things get to me. I let fear get a hold of me from time to time. I let anger get a hold from me from time to time. I, I let stupidity get a hold of me from time to time. But when I realize it, I come right back to him and say, God, I messed up. I need you more than I need anything in this world. I love how that one song ends. God, I just, I just want you. I don't, I don't need the blessings. I don't, I don't need anything. I just need you. Lord, let me throw my agenda out the door. And today I walk out of here seeking you. You become my agenda you would just bow your heads with me this morning father obviously this is not a message of normality when it comes to christmas we understand what this season's all about but god also we understand that the only reason for this season is truly all about us you giving your life your sacrifice the greatest gift of all time god you gave your son for this world and God during this time today I ask you to search our hearts I ask each one of you as we as we spend our little time here with, with the Lord in worship and prayer open your heart up to him ask him to just show you show you those places in your heart that are still not pleasing to him and ask him to, to help you surrender those to him to be a better man of God, a better woman of God, a, a, a man or woman of God who's living out their calling, seeking out that which may be lost so that, that it may be found. And that's truly our calling, the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel is to go and find that which is lost 
so that it may be found. That's our calling. It's our purpose to worship our king and to show others how to do the same. You know, if you're in that place today, I'd be glad to pray with you. But, but it's not necessarily about me praying with you as much as it is your surrender. Honest, truth, surrender to your king. God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Do with me whatever your will may be. Help me, God, to walk in your will and your way always. Because today I have an understanding that Christmas is all about me. God, as we leave this place today, God, I pray that your spirit dwells in each one of us. As we head off into this new year, thinking of whatever it is this new year may bring, that God, it bring one thing for certain. It bring a new man or a new woman of God into a new relationship with you that will never go back, that we keep pressing forward with everything we have in us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.